Look here at 2 Timothy 1, verse number 7. God's not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and uh, sound. sound mind. Sound mind. That's my, uh, it's, it's one of my most cherished benefits of salvation. Oh, my, 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 my. People think it's not important or, or the, you know, talking about the mind is not important. You know, well, you know, uh, you know, we need to be spiritual and, and talk about other spiritual things. Let me tell you, if you get, if you get a hold of this and you live in peace, peace is very spiritual. Yeah, and it's very, very precious. If you've ever been tormented, uh, if you've ever been, oh, you know, troubled or or been vexed or something like that. I was that way as a teenager. And then you learn to walk in peace. Oh, whoa. precious, 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 precious. One of my most cherished benefits of salvation. But listen to this in the Amplified. God did not give us a spirit of timidity, cowardice, craving, cringing, and fawning fear. But he has given us a spirit of power, love, and a calm, well-balanced mind and discipline. In other words, a, a mind of discipline, a disciplined mind, and self-control. Amen. Uh, I, I don't know about you. It seems like, I, it seems like in the society around us, maybe it's because I'm getting older. Maybe it's because I, I mean, I, it seems like the society around us is just losing it in their minds. They're not well balanced at all. I mean, it's just derangement almost. Their thinking is, is out, you know, fear is, is magnified and, you know, you know, rather than base, basing what they're thinking in reality, it's, it's, it's imaginations are, are reality. The devil wants people's minds. He's after people's minds. And uh, I'll tell you, the Christian ought to, a person that knows the word and has, is getting their mind renewed, they ought to stand out in this culture, in this, in this end times that we're living in. We, we ought to be the, the, the most sound people, the most uh, stable people, the most uh, well-balanced people. And we ought to be the kind of people that other people want to be around us because there's not so much upheaval with us. We live in peace. We live, in, we live untroubled. We've got our care cast on the Lord. Our focus is on the right things. Amen. And uh, we can sort of be like an oasis, a refuge, so to speak. You know, a place where, uh, or in our presence and around us, where people can get refreshment and, and relax and not, not be, you know, worked up about everything, whether it's finances or politics or whatever they... They just, the, the, the Christian ought to just be the kind of person, you know, like Jesus, he was on his way. This is the night before his crucifixion. The next day he's going to be arrested. And the night before he is so peaceful and calm. He knew it was coming, yeah. but it was so, he was so peaceful and calm that John leaned upon him to take in of the comfort that he was walking in. That ought to be us. Yeah, people just want to be around because, boy, there's something different about you. Amen. And so, you know, there's a lot out there Satan's offering everybody, but he's offering believers. 
And you're getting more opportunities than maybe any society that's ever been, maybe, to take burdens and problems into your thought life and be lured out of peace. And uh, I just refuse to do it. I'm just, I'm just not going there anymore. The, I don't know if you noticed, the, the news media wants to keep you always worked up about something. I mean, once this crisis is over, they go to the next one. There's always something that, that they're going, ah, you know, and fussing about and angry about and stirred up about. I'm just not living that way. Just, I refuse to live that way. I don't mean I don't know, you know, keep, keep a little bit of information to know some things to pray about and so forth. I'm not saying I'm just oblivious, but I'm not emotionally involved like, like they want me to be. I pulled the needle. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Amen. And so all these opportunities that, that are coming either through being worked up through, you know, bad reports on the news media or what the doctor has told you or the lawyers have told you or the bankers have told you or somebody told you, all these opportunities that, that, that come because of all these things. You should just uh, take these opportunities to practice something. Practice peace. Practice peace. I mean, we need to become better and better. You're getting some wonderful opportunities to get better at practicing peace. I encourage you to take them. Amen. Kick the habit of swallowing down everything the enemy brings to lure you out of your peace. you know, strife and division and this group against that group or whatever. I'm just not going there anymore. And, uh, you know, take these opportunities to be, be to, 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 you know, like Jesus said, take no thought saying, take no thought, take, take these opportunities to turn your attention to the word of God. Um, you know, there, I, I've, Grew up on the farm, and I'm pretty much a country boy. I clean up real nice, but you let me alone, I'll grow my beard about half scrubby, and you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, on the farm, I got used to being around animals and, of course, all kind of wildlife, too. And, you know, bird nests was sort of interesting to me, and I'd, <laughs> I'd find them and look in them, and some of them, some of them take, I shouldn't have done it, but take the eggs out of them, you know. Yeah, I know, I'd, I learned later not to do that, but... <laughs> But anyway, so, but, you know, I'd watch those little birds and then get, they'd hatch and then, you know, mama goes for whatever bugs or whatever she brings back and she brings it back to feed them. And as soon as she lands on the edge of the nest, their eyes are, they don't have, their eyes haven't opened yet and their eyes are closed when they, you know, just, yeah, 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 yeah cheap, 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 trying to get mama to give the food to them. <laughs> yeah, right. right? And that's the way Christians are. I mean, the devil says boo and they got their eyes closed and their mouth or, or you could say their spirit wide open just to suck it in. And uh, I just refuse to do that anymore. And uh, I'm, I'm practicing peace to the, to the level that Jesus practiced. In fact, a couple of times, one of them was when in the storm on the boat going across the lake. Remember the Bible, Jesus, the Bible said Jesus, they woke Jesus. He's sleeping in the back. I mean, that's peace, sleeping in the middle. That, that's not a big ocean liner. That's not a cruise liner. This is a little thing, probably no longer than me here than Ryan, maybe. You know, a boat. 
in the water going like this. And he's sleeping in the back of it. That's the peace he said, I leave with you. My peace I give to you. And they had to wake him up. And this is what they said when they woke him up. Don't you care that we perish? He was accused. You read it through the gospels. He was accused a number of times of not caring. We're dying and you don't even care. You're sleeping back. You know, but if you do this correctly, you will be accused of not caring. But that's because a lot of people don't know the difference between, well, well, don't you care? No. They don't know the difference between care and compassion. Care is not love. Taking, okay, I can feel that one. I got I to deal with that one. Taking the anxiety of somebody else's problem is not you loving them. Compassion means you do you turn you put it in the hands of somebody that can do something about it. Amen. Amen. Rather than take it into your hands. Taking it into your hands, it's like here, you, Adam's got a pen. He's got that, well, stylus there. If he's using that and that's in his hand, he's using it, I can't handle it. It can't be in his hand and my hand at the same time. And that's the way care is. Whenever you take it to yourself, you have just taken it out of the hands of God. And if it's in your hands, it's not in his hands. If it's, his, it's in his hands, it's not in your hands. And that's the way it needs to be where, where you know, we, we learn to, like the Bible says, cast our care over on the Lord. In other words, it's in your hands. It's in your hands. Amen. I don't have the worry of it. I don't have the care about it. I don't have the anxiety. I'm not worked up. Now, let's, look, let's go over here. Uh, and then this is the, uh, notice he said here, first uh, chapter of 2 Timothy, verse 7. He says, God's not given us a spirit of fear, power, love, and a sound mind. The first, I'll be honest with you, we see a lot of stuff in our culture right now, people on medications and all kinds of stuff. I'm not being critical of that. I'm simply saying uh, I'm interested in better answers than that. And I'll guarantee you, I'll guarantee you where the first step towards all this stuff goes, the first step towards all this that opens the door to all this is worry and fear. Uh, people have gotten far enough away from God that they, they're, they're carrying the care and they're taking fear into their spirits and into their minds. And your mind and your spirit were never designed to handle worry. Your body wasn't even designed to handle worry. Doctors now say 85% of all diseases are rooted in anxiety. That's an amazing statistic. And that's not preachers saying that. That's the medical doctors saying that. You know what I'm talking about? Did you come to church tonight? So uh, your body was never designed to handle that. That's why over and over the Bible says, fear not or do not fret or have any anxiety about anything or casting all your care on him or uh, Jesus said, why take ye thought, talking about worried thought, for, you know, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, so forth and so on. In other words, these natural things, there's basically uh, instructions given to us over and over again to not do this. Yes. Amen. In fact, go to uh, Matthew chapter number 6, verse number 25. 
Um, I, I don't know how this is all going to come out tonight, but Matthew 6, 25 in the Amplified. Therefore, I tell you, stop being perpetually uneasy. There's, that, remember, remember Dr. Dufresne's stop sign? Yes. 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 I don't know if he ever brought it to Spirit of Faith here at, here at Cedar Rapids, but he used to carry this stop sign around. And he'd have Mitch carry it for him. And he'd say, where's my stop sign? And he'd say, Jesus said, stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he'd hold that stop sign up. Notice what he's talking about. Stop, stop what? Stop. Look what, what he said. Be, this is the Amplified. Being perpetually uneasy, anxious, and worried about your life. What you shall eat, what you shall drink, and about your body, what, shall put, what you shall put on. He said, stop it. Stop it. Amen. Amen. Stop it, Jesus is saying. Why? Because he's trying to spare us all the consequences of it. Not from God. God's not the one going to penalize us for this. But the, it opens the door to the enemy. Even in our bodies. Remember Jesus talking to the woman with the issue of blood? In the Amplified? Go into peace after she's healed. Go into peace. No, notice. And be continually healed. Be, be perpetually. In other words, keep your healing yes. from your distressing bodily health. In other words, so walking in peace was how she's going to keep her healing, which told you how it started to begin with. She was worrying, anxious, worked up, not living in peace, carrying care, taking thoughts from the enemy, taking wrong thoughts, worried thoughts. Amen. Sucking them down. And, and that will affect your spirit. It'll affect your soul, which is your mind and your emotions, will. It'll affect your body. But it'll affect also, it'll affect your faith. It'll shut your, 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 your faith down. Amen. A, a troubled heart is not a believing heart. Say that out loud. A troubled heart is not a believing heart. Anytime you're troubled about something, disquieted, or in any way anxious, or, 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 or tense, or nervous, you've let anxiety in. And, and it's going to kick your faith out. And so we need to practice this. You might not get there by the end of, you know, this week. But practice don't taking any thought or anxiety that, that brings any kind of disquieting, the, amp the Amplified says. Go over to Philippians chapter number uh, 4, verse number 11 in the Amplified. Now, uh, not that I imply that I'm in any personal want, but I have learned. Say, I have learned. I have learned. Paul's basically saying, I didn't know this because I got born again. This wasn't automatic because I got saved. He said, I had to learn this. What'd you have to learn, Paul? How to be content, the Amplified says, satisfied to the point where I am not disturbed or disquieted in whatever state I am. That means any condition, any circumstances, any situations that are going down. I have learned to not, be, to not even be disturbed or disquieted. Now, I looked up the word disquieted. This is in the uh, English dictionary. It says, of course, dis means not or negative. It's not quiet. And it means lack of calm, peace, or ease. In other words, uh, to be disquieted is uneasy. You're uneasy 
uh, it means uh, to be made restless because you took the devil's thoughts of worry, fear, unbelief, or some kind of suggestions like that. It means to be agitated or unsettled. Amen. I mean, just recently, I mean, I, I found myself being agitated a lot. And I recognized it, and I said something to my wife, and she said, well, yeah, I could tell you're not, you're, not, you're not like you usually are. She wasn't trying to be critical. She's just helping me. We help one another. And, uh, but, but she was right. Amen. Well, you want to testify next? I mean, are you looking at me like, Pastor? I'm telling you, you got to, this, this worry thing, or we'll be living worry-free, it's not something that you can fix it and forget it. It's not something that you got it down now. It's automatic for the rest of your life. There will be opportunities to take care and anxiety for the rest of your life. And you have to practice the word for the rest of your life. Like as Brother Hagin said, he said, your mind no longer stays, more stays renewed than your hair stays combed. And that's the truth about worry. You no longer live worry, for, you, don't, you no more live worry free automatically for the rest of your life than your hair stays combed. You got up this morning and it looked pretty bad, didn't it? You had to comb it again. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> Amen. 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 I'm going to preach this because some of you are looking at me like, I don't know why you're preaching on this. Listen, you don't even recognize. You need to learn to recognize. Stop being perpetually uneasy. And so that's what this is talking about. You can, you can, uh, you say, I'm not worrying, but you're restless. You're always uneasy. You're always a little bit agitated. You know, and people don't like to be around you. I'm not saying, I'm not pointing anybody out particularly. I'm just saying, if that's you, people won't even want to be around you. Like my wife was saying to me, you're not enjoying, she didn't say these words, but that's basically what she said. You're not enjoyable to be around. You're, you're negative and, you know. Yeah, yeah. Come on, come on, come on, come on. I'm glad I'm not talking about you. And, and you know, you're just, not, you're just not relaxed. You're just not settled. And I had to ask myself the question, where did that get in? Because she was right. You know, how many of you know if somebody tells you something that's right, don't fuss with them. A lot of times that's just pride and inability to receive from somebody. And so I had asked, because I told my wife, I said, I know you're right. I, I, and, and I said, I even know where, where it's getting in. Because I had asked myself, where's this getting in? And I knew what it was. And uh, <laughs> somebody said, what was it? Well, you put your nose in your business. I'll keep, keep my nose in my business. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So disquieted. The Amplified says disquieted. This means not and or lack of or the opposite of quiet. In other words, you're not at rest. You're not at ease, like the, these uh, definitions said. You're restless and uh, you're uneasy. That's a manifestation of worry. Amen. You might not be wringing your hands, but that's a manifestation of worry. Amen. So. An example of this would be whenever Israel, um, how, how Israel responded to the 10 spies or the 12 spies, you know, it was 12, but 10 of them came back with an evil report. They, the Bible says they got all worked up. 
they became anxious. Um, the Lord said to me the other day, he said, anxiety is fear-based. It's fear. It's based in fear, which has to do with something that's coming. You're afraid of something bad that's coming. You'd be surprised how many people are anxious about the future. Where are we going? What's happening? How are we going to be doing all right? How are we going to do financially? Just so many things. Um, but Israel was anxious about the future of trying to take the land. They didn't think they could do it. Remember they said they're, they're, they got iron chariots and all that. And uh, the Bible says that if you read the, the account very, very closely in Numbers 13 and 14, especially at the end of chapter 13 verse, and first few verses of chapter 14, it says that they uh, complained. It says they got worked up and they were crying and they were, they were basically they were being uh, drama queens yeah. <laughs> or kings, whatever you want to say. There's a lot of drama. Amen. And so words you could use for them is they were uneasy, they were restless, they were worked up by an evil report. We got to kick this habit. The report that came back unsettled them. It unnerved them. You know what I'm talking about? They became disturbed. They were agitated. They were divided one against another. You know, Joshua and Caleb, they, they, they wanted to murder them. <laughs> and so what does the Bible call the whole thing? It gives us in the New Testament over and over again. It, it talks about in the Old Testament too, but in the New Testament over and over again, it calls it unbelief. 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 If you're anxious, you're not believing God. If you're believing God, you're not anxious. And losing your joy and your peace. Amen. Practice refusing these things. Anything that disturbs you or unsettles you or disquiets you or makes you uneasy or unnerves you or whatever. Those, just, just rid your life of that. Amen. Praise the Lord. Refuse to let it in your mind and your spirit. Amen. And a lot of times what, what brings it is thoughts, yes. suggestions of the enemy, of how it's going to be, where, where you're going to end up, you're not going to have enough money, the kids aren't going to turn out right, blah, 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 blah. Or yakety yak, 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 yak. Just the devil is always working on your, you know, trying to steal you of your peace, rob you of your peace. And... Um, you know, we have been for years, some people for years working with some folk to get them to break the habit, break the habit of every little thing that, you know, if, if there's nothing to worry about in your life, they pick up somebody else's worries. That is a terrible spiritual habit, terrible spiritual habit. It is unbelief. And it's what's keeping people sick, broke, busted, and disgusted, and mentally tormented. Amen. Hallelujah. Pastor loves you tonight. 
Praise the Lord. Yeah. And so uh, if we'll break ourselves of this, we'll have more friends. <laughs> hey. Hey. People will enjoy being around us. Nobody wants to be around somebody that every time you get together with, how you doing? Oh my goodness! I'm, let me tell you about my hooga mooga. Let me tell you about my 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 uncle Joey and my my this and my that. And, and then they want to talk about all the political division and all that stuff. How many of you had enough of that? Amen. Praise the Lord. Tell your neighbor this is good preaching whether you're amening or not. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. And so the, the, this, this, uh, the children of Israel, what they got into here, the Bible says it over and over again, was unbelief. It's just unbelief to be always meditating and your attention always be on all the wrong and all the bad and all the possible how this is going to go wrong and bad. There is a God in heaven, and he's your father. He's going to take care of you. Well, what if it all goes down? I ain't going down with them. They, they'll go, if they want to go down, they can go down. I'm staying up. And, and keeping that worry off of you keeps it in the hands of God to be able to do something for you. Ooh, I, want, I want my case in the hands of somebody that can do something about it. Thank you, Jesus. We might go ahead and have a service yet tonight. <laughs> Amen. And so uh, being unsettled, uneasy, worked up at a bad report, it's an expression of unbelief. Jesus said in John 14, 27 in the Amplified, my peace I leave you. Uh, my own peace I now give and bequeath to you. Bequeath is, has, is a word used in a, in a will or an inheritance. Whenever somebody's, you know, will is being read. My own peace I bequeath to you. This is my parting gift, in other words. I'm, I'm leaving this with you. I'm, I'm leaving, but I'm leaving my peace. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I'll take that. That'll be my companion for the rest of my life. My peace I leave and bequeath to you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. Now, here's what that means. That means that people, in the, people say, well, you know, if everything would settle down and, 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 and all, the, all the stuff would stop and the devil would stop hounding in my ear, I could have some peace. And that's, not God, that's not the kind of peace he's offering you. That's dependent on the devil shutting up. Well, there's no more yakety yak yak. The peace he offers you is that he prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. The devil is yakety yak yak telling you you're not going to have enough money. You're not this. You're going to go under. You're, you're a failure. You're, you know, predicting your future in unbelief. And right in the middle of it, you go, ha, ha, ha. I take thoughts from the word of God only and I answer those thoughts. And I don't take the trouble. I don't take the anxiety. I'm not living in that. Not, just not living in that. I've been there. But I've had enough of that. Part of the eternal life, part of the, 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 uh, you know, the God kind of life that, that is available to us is worry-free living. And we're not all, we're not unsettled. We're not hard to be around. Hallelujah. <clears throat> So he said, I'm leaving this with you. He said, stop allowing you. This is the Amplified. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. So leaving it with us doesn't equal us experiencing it. He said, I'm leaving it, but you've got some responsibility in this. 
so stop allowing yourselves after he said it's yours. But he said, you, got, you can't allow yourself to be agitated and disturbed. Woo, my, my, my. And do not permit yourself to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. Don't let it happen. Choose to express calm. The devil says, you got three months to live. You're, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you, maybe it was a real quiet evening, no wind or anything, and you're out on a lake or something, and that looks like a plate glass. You ever seen a, a lake that just looks like plate glass? It's so calm. No, no wind to ripple it, no whatever, you know. <clears throat> Whenever a bad report comes, the, the peace lake in your mind and your spirit just stays plate glass calm. Not even a ripple. <laughs> it doesn't even look like a pebble of, God, of the devil's worry got in your lake. Bloop, and the ripple went. None. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't let it. Don't do anything but choose to express calm and settledness. In peace when a bad report comes. Amen. Learn not to react in a disturbed, unsettled way. Not for a moment. Not for a moment. Somebody said, I'm not there yet. Well, keep on working at it. Keep on, keep on. Get, learn to live such a disciplined thought life. To where you are so practiced in the times whenever you don't need to be practiced that whenever it comes time you need to be practiced, you're good at it. And people, you're so good at it that people think you didn't hear them. The doctor thinks you didn't hear him. I guess you didn't hear me. I said three months. And you go, oh yeah, I heard you. Amen. You practice this right, people think you don't have enough sense to worry. As if, as if worry is a mark of intelligence or something, you know. It's not a mark of intelligence, it's a mark of ignorance of the Word of God. My life is cared for. I got a father. Hallelujah. Remember he said casting all your, the Amplified says casting all your care on him. Uh, he, he cares for you watchfully and watches for you carefully. He, he's watching over my life. He's, he's taking care of me. I'm going to finish my race. I'm going to finish my course. And I'm going to do it with joy. And I'm going to do it with peace. And I'm going to do it in all the blessings of God. So, let's go fishing. You know, <laughs> I, I'm just not going to live that way anymore. I just refuse. I just refuse. Just refuse. Amen. Whatever, whatever comes, whatever happens, I refuse. Anybody with, with me on that? So that's expressing faith. It's, it's an expression of faith to not lose your peace at a bad report. Amen. And it keeps the power of God working whenever you keep expressing peace. That's what Jesus meant when he said, go into peace. That woman, go into peace and be continually healed. That was an expression of her faith. Now go to Psalm 112, verse number 7. This verse you're familiar with. He said, um, oh, I love this passage. Anybody working to, to do better at this? Yes. Oh, yes. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yep. 
Man, oh man. When I find something creeping up on me again, it's like, I'm going to dig back into the word of God along this line. I'm not, I'm not going that way. And my, I lived that direction in my life long enough. Amen. This is the Amplified, Psalm 112, verse number seven. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. That's us. That's you and me. His heart is fixed, trusting, amplified, leaning on and being confident in the Lord. His heart is established and steady. He'll not be afraid while he waits to see his desire established upon his adversaries. Look at that. His heart is fixed. Notice he'll not be moved. Amen. He'll not be moved. Now this is over in the King James, verse number seven. He should not be afraid of evil times. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. Go back. To, um, uh, uh, so somewhere in there it says he'll not be moved. Verse six. Thank you. I, I thought it was. He shall not be moved forever. He'll, he'll not be moved forever. So he'll not be moved. Notice the context here is at evil tidings. That's a bad report. That's, a, that's whatever, you know, bad news. Uh, bills came in we didn't know about. Come on, somebody. Not moved. Why? His attention is on the supply. He'll, he'll prepare. Psalm, 1, Psalm uh, 23, 5. He, he prepares a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Lack is an enemy. It's not a friend. It's not a blessing. It's not, it's not something God sends to teach you. It's an enemy. It's part of the curse. Satan is behind it. You got to get real bold about that, not kind of think, you know, fuzzy thoughts about it. You got you to be real, real, real clear about it in your thinking. And uh, it comes to move you from your peace. The bad report, the, uh, the enemy, it come, he comes to uh, use that to talk to you and to move you from your place of settledness, your place of peace. And he said he'll not be moved at evil tidings. He's talking about a heart that's established in the care of his father. Hallelujah. To the point that even bad tidings come along and it doesn't unsettle him. Isn't that right? It doesn't get to his peace. Remember that lake? Bad report comes, no ripples. <laughs> Somebody say, you set the standard too high. I didn't set it. But I am telling you uh, something, I've got my gaze. It's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm moving more and more towards that. Amen. <clears throat> when your wife comes to you and points out a little bit of uh, disturbedness. Mm-hmm. You want to be honest? Was it you? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> then, then you need to look at it and say, I'm not perfected in this yet. Amen. If I'm still working on it, maybe somebody else is still here in the church or church still working on this. Amen. I knew exactly what the, I knew exactly what got me off. I knew exactly. No, exactly. Praise the Lord. How many of you know you don't need to, you know what it is. You don't need to fast and pray for three days. You know exactly what, what caused you to get unsettled. 
Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, listen to Colossians 3.15 in the Amplified. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. Let it rule. So this is what, what, what he's saying is peace is to dominate your inner man. It's to rule. Amen. Um, people's thinking is wrong when it comes to peace. They think, you know, why won't God give me peace? This verse is not written like God needs to do something. This verse is written like we need to do something. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. He said, let it rule. That's a, they understood subject is you and me in that. And so that's exactly what John 14 is saying. Verse 27, Jesus said, I'm leaving you peace. That's part of, that, that's part of your born again, recreated spirit. That's peace is in there. But he said, you got to learn to let that rule. He said, don't allow yourself to be troubled. Really, the peace in your spirit needs to be able to rule your mind. The thought life is where Satan contacts you. He brings thoughts out here to bring thoughts of anxiety. Amen. Now, here's a thought. The Lord showed me this this morning whenever I woke up. I don't know if you've ever, Jesus used the term, I think, five times, was it, if I remember right? Uh, He used the term little faith. Oh, thou little faith. The Lord spoke this to me and I had to look it up to see if it was true. I mean, not that I'm doubting the Lord's truth, but but am I hearing this right? Right. He said, this is what the Lord said to me. He said, every time I use the term little faith in the gospels, it had to do with somebody in worry or in fear or reasoning in their minds. I said, is that the case? I just got my Bible program out and looked up little faith. And in the Gospels, just like Jesus said, every time, I think it's in there five times, it is in the context of somebody worrying or being afraid or reasoning in their minds. And he said, every time, he said, that's the context. And I looked it up, and it was so. And see, he said, see, that's what worry, that's what fear, and that's what rationalizing everything in your mind does. It reduces your faith down to little. It's no more robust. It's no more strong faith. It's, it's just a, a, a little bit of a whimper. It's a meow rather than a growl. <laughs> Amen. The devil comes along. He's hearing too many meows. He needs to hear a growl. <laughs> he needs to hear a robust faith. And uh, that happens as a result of not living in worry, not taking thoughts from the enemy, not taking thoughts of fear. Man, this is good preaching tonight. Hallelujah. And so uh, to live in this perpetually, you have to uh, live a life where you perpetually think on the right things. Amen. Amen. Somebody that gets into, begins to take, remember the Bible said, take no thought, say, zero thought. Uh, Amplified says about Philippians 4, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. And, uh, you know, those those all-inclusive ways of expressing this are in the context of worry every single time. In other words, uh, the Bible says, bring every thought captive. What he's telling us is deal with every single one of them because one of them gets in, it'll start multiplying. One worried thought getting in 
will multiply like rabbits. Right. Yep. 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 Right. I, we used to breed rabbits whenever I was a kid. I built rabbit cages and, and, and you know, raised rabbits. And rabbits, I forget how many litters they can have a year, but I mean, that is, they'll just multiply and take over. And that's the way thoughts of the devil are. You let one thought of worry in, one thought in, and all of a sudden, they'll start breeding like rabbits. And they just, all of a sudden, you've got all kinds of thoughts of worry running around in your mind. Where'd all these come from? From one. From one. But, but the Bible says in Ephesians 6, talking about uh, take the shield of faith wherewith you'll be able to quench every, every fiery dart of the enemy. You've got to have the kind of diligence and the kind of discipline to take every thought captive. Because just one fiery dart gets through, flaming dart, you know, it'll start burning up all your life. Well, that sets the standard too high. I apologize. I didn't set it. I'm just talking about how to live free. Somebody said, that sounds like work. Yeah, but the peace that passes all understanding, it is well worth it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When, what happens is when somebody becomes, you know, people use the term losing their minds or uh, you know, they become deranged or something like that in that nature. That didn't happen. That, that didn't begin that day. That began by taking one thought. And it could be a, a lot of different kinds. It could be worry. It could be fear. It could be uh, immorality. It could be a lot of things. But that one thing, that, it didn't start with derangement. It didn't start with an unbalanced mind, you know. It started with just not being disciplined in one area. Well, when I hear things like that, whenever I see, you know, the Bible says that, that man, the madman of Gadara in Mark 5, he was sitting after Jesus set him free, he was sitting and clothed and in his right mind. Remember that? That means before that he wasn't in his right mind. And you know, Jesus cast those devils out of him. So that tells you where they were. They were, well, he was also possessed when they were in spirit too. He wasn't born again. Born again person can't be possessed, but, but they were not only in the spirit, but they were in his mind. They had his mind. That tells you the devil's after people's minds. I'm not trying to make you afraid. I'm trying to make you sober about, you know, what you do with your thought life. So he's after people's minds and he'll take as much ground as they'll give him. And that man was sitting after he's set free, sitting clothed in his right mind. What that tells you is these things are progressive and the devil will take over a person's entire mind. And that's where we have people in the insane asylums and things like that. But it doesn't, what I'm saying is it doesn't begin there. We got people walking the streets of America all over this, this country right now that are tormented and vexed in their minds because of this, because of what I'm talking about tonight. There's answers. There's freedom. Hallelujah. And so, but the enemy can't do these things without a person's consent. It might, maybe they weren't aware of how they were giving place to him, but they were giving place to him right, right on, the, on, the, on the other hand. But see, we don't have to be ignorant of his devices. We can be fully aware of how he operates. Amen. And Christians ought to be knowledgeable of, of the way he works. They ought, to, they ought to get that kind of knowledge. I don't believe going to church is just so you feel good for a few minutes. I believe it's to get answers and find out, oh, that's how he's been working on me. 
Hallelujah. And so uh, if you fail to resist one single thought the enemy brings, that lack of restraint will throw the door open to many more anxious thoughts rusting, r- rushing in to harass your mind. That's, that's exactly the way these things work. And that's what started happening to me just recently. How many of you know you can't live with your guard down? And, and, and I know where it got in. And, and I knew that one thought uh, started bringing other thoughts. And I've been free in my mind since a teenager, since I learned to, to keep that out. But I'll tell you, the devil's always ready. Anybody that gives him an opportunity, he's ready to just take that ground back that he was once kicked out of. He wants to, he, he, he's willing to wait decades. He's just perched outside your thought life, waiting for you to let down your guard and begin to take a few of his thoughts. And before you know it, you're going right down the same road you used to be bound with. Not anybody here knows what I'm talking about. Just, just Pastor Jay, right? I'm, I'm uh, you know, telling you how these things work. And so you really can't afford to let one thought go unchecked. How do you know you're worrying about it? You're thinking about it. <laughs> Amen. All right, I'll tell you. <laughs> it had to do with the church plant in Kansas City. Such a holy thing. And pastor's like, how on earth? And, and, and I just get to thinking about it. You've never done that, right? And I told you I got to guard my thought life. I've told you this a number of times. I got to guard my thought life. I just opened the door a little bit. And the time's getting closer, and I start, I, I got to think about this. I got to decide how to do this. And I do have to decide how to do it, but I'm not deciding from up here. I'm deciding from down here. Amen. At least I recognize it. That's what I'm trying to help you to do tonight, to, to recognize it, because we all see it on your face. <laughs> Well, yeah, there's sister or brother so-and-so all depressed in their face again. Looks like you've been taking thoughts. (laughs) Listen to Philippians 4, 7 in the Amplified. God's peace will transcend all understanding and shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's what belongs to you, a garrison of peace all around you. Somebody said, what are you going to do? You say, I'm going to do what God said do. Yeah, but what's he saying do? I just, I'm just led of the Spirit. I know his voice. He tells me what to do. Sounds like he doesn't know. No, it sounds like he's in faith. <laughs> but see, this is how Satan robs people of their sound-mindedness. If you yield to this, you become very, efficient, very inefficient mentally. And you start making bad decisions. Amen. I'm being a little open with you tonight, but, but sometimes people just need examples. I know you thought I was perfect, maybe. 
Maybe the angels hold up my britches and they help me get dressed in the morning, but I, I'm, I'm not all, I got to do the word just like you got to do the word. I don't have any exemption where I, you know, pastor doesn't have to do the word. No, I got to do it just like you got to do it. <laughs> Amen. I know you're disappointed to find out that. Say calm, well-balanced, disciplined mind. Say it again. Calm, well-balanced, disciplined mind. Here's the result of not keeping your thought life guarded. Go to 1 Thessalonians 5. 1 Thessalonians 5, 14. And uh, this is an a interesting verse. He said, we exhort you, brethren, 1 Thessalonians 5.14, we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient towards all men. Amen. Notice that term he's talking about amongst, amongst uh, the body of Christ. He said, we're to comfort the feeble-minded. So there are things that people need to be ministered to in this area of the feebleness of their minds, to bless them and, and encourage them, strengthen them, surround them, you know, minister comfort to them. You know, the biggest way to comfort them is just give them the truth. Your father loves you. He cares for you. He's going to take care of you and just keep on ministering the word. I love the passage of scripture. I don't know the reference tonight. I didn't look it up, but um, the Bible talks about a man named Shennacherib that attacked Israel and King Hezekiah told him just, he encouraged the people of God and encouraged them with the word and, and said, you know, God's with us. He doesn't have any way with him. Great. We'd basically say greater is he that's in us and he that's in the world, you know. And Hezekiah, King Hezekiah is encouraging them. And the Bible said, they're listening to this threatening guy out here outside the city. You know, he's making these loud proclam bellicose proclamations of what he's going to do to them. And Hezekiah encouraged them in the Lord to trust God and so forth. And the Bible said the people rested themselves on the words of Hezekiah. I love that passage. They rested themselves. In other words, they leaned back and went, ah. Oh, going to be all right. Right out while the devil's out there going, I'm going to destroy your city and I'm going to take, you know, he's going to tell them everything. They rested themselves. That's what you need to do to, to people that are troubled or anxious. Give them something to, that they can rest back on and lean back on and go, ah, oh, it is going to be all right, isn't it? Comfort the feeble-minded. But uh, there's, there's, the question here is, how did they get into that feeble-mindedness? Well, we already read, you know, 2 Timothy 1.7. He's given us calm, you know, well-balanced mind, discipline, self-control. Uh, probably the feebleness beca became, you know, got into them through taking wrong thoughts. Worry, fear, anxiety, so forth and so on. They all produce feebleness. They, they produce feebleness of mind and emotions. Yes. So comfort them, yes. But does God want people just to live comforted in a feeble condition? No, no. no he wants them actually delivered from that. Yes. Right? Yes. And something, put something in them that will actually restore their soul. Yes. Remember the Bible says, he restoreth my soul. Yes. Amen. 
And so <clears throat> the, the feebleness can not only be, a person can not only be ministered to, how many of you know until we love them and show we love them, they're not going to listen to us about how to, how to be free from all that. So we need to minister to them, comfort them, so forth and so on. But then, you know, um, somebody said, well, pastor used to comfort me, now he doesn't. He sees the sorts of kind of slaps me around a little bit. That's because for time's sake, you ought to be growing up. Yeah, come on, come on. We're not going to comfort you with for the rest of your life. There's deliverance for that. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going home right now, you know. <laughs> Amen. I mean, so uh, this, with, the devil takes advantage of people who do not have the, 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 uh, their minds under control. They're not a hold of their mental faculties. Amen. And that gives Satan an opportunity. People around us in our society, I'm almost done. People around us in our society, the devil has a greater opportunity to use them to mess up society if they don't have control of their mental faculties. That's why he loves getting a hold of people's minds because then he can express himself in this realm more, more fully. And as far as the believer is concerned, we ought to give him zero place. We're not taking his thoughts. We're not taking his bitterness, his anger, his hatred. We're not taking his offense. We're not taking his worry. We're not taking his care. We're not taking his fear. We're not taking his, we're not afraid of the future. Zero place. Hallelujah. Are you glad you came tonight? So uh, God restores our soul. Say it out loud. God restores our soul. He wants us to go beyond just being comforted in our defeated condition. He wants our soul restored to where we have, a, have, have control of our thought life. We're answering the wrong things of the enemy. And to do that, you've got to have the word in you. We've come back to the local church. That's what the local church is all about. Praise the Lord. I want to get answers. I, I, I wasn't satisfied growing up in church because I wasn't really getting anything to live on. I, when I started wanting, I started hearing my real answers. I'm like, that's what I'm looking for. I can put this to practice right now. I'm not, it's not pie in the sky. Feels good for a few minutes, but how do I, like a slippery pig, how do I get a hold of it? How do I do any of it? Are you like me? That's why you're at this church. I know you're like me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God doesn't want you just to live comforted in defeat. He wants, you to, he wants to actually show you how to have a sound mind, how to close the door to the devil, and then also how to be able to help others. Can you say amen? amen. Stand up with me. Thank you, Jesus. Care comes to all of us. Worry, fear, all these things. The Bible didn't say they won't come. In fact, Paul said, you know, the care of all the churches that he was overseeing came on him daily. He didn't say he left it on them, <laughs> but they came. So that's the way life can be. You can go through seasons where it's not daily, it's minutely. <laughs> I know that's not a word, but I mean, you know what I'm talking about? You can go through seasons where just moment by moment, there's things trying to get in, trying to get in, trying to get in. But Jesus, uh, you know, the Bible teaches us to cast our care on him. Yes. Paul didn't let it on him. He just said it comes daily. Yes. 
So you can get it off of you. Remember the cat that I talked about jumps on somebody's head? Do I need to tell it again? The minister told the story about a cat, pet cat. Aren't these nice cats? And those nice pet cats. That there was a bookcase that by one of the doors in the house between two rooms that this cat would sit up there and you walk through it, jump on your head. And he'd have to throw it off. And he said, that's the way care is. It tries to jump on your head. But if you come to church with a cat on your head and somebody asks, what are you doing with a cat? Well, it jumped on my head. I, 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 just, I guess it's just my burden to bear. No, no, get it off. Get it off. Get, just like that cat, get it off. Get the worry off of you. It'll jump on your head, but get it off. Woo, glory. Thank you. That's what a cat cast all your cats on the Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Get them off of you. Did you get anything out of this tonight? How do you get it off of you? You say, I'm not going to think those thoughts. I'm not going to take those thoughts. I take God's word and I answer those thoughts and I put the weight and the burden of all that 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 those unbelief thoughts brought upon my spirit, brought on my mind. I take the weight of all that and I lay it over on the Lord. And I live carefree. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank God for the word. It's legal to not worry. I just want you to know in the kingdom of God, it's legal. Well, don't you care? Nope. The devil will hound you and say, well, you're going under, you're going under. You say, I cast all the care of it on the Lord. And that'll keep the thing in the hands of God so he can do something about it. Hallelujah. Here you are at the age you are and he's never failed you yet. What makes you think he's going to stop now? I read a verse in Hebrews in the Amplified says, I will not, I will not, I will not, I won't drop you, I won't let you fall. Hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Our future's bright, isn't it? Our future's bright. God's, God's care is over every one of our days from now until eternity. We got a father. The devil's not a good father, but we, our father's a good father, and he's taking care of us. Amen.